Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Pixar Sciatica Podcast. Let's talk about paying for healthcare, paying to solve the problems that you never wanted in the first place. If you're listening to this episode, that means that you're dealing with sciatica. And you probably spent a lot of time suffering and also a fair amount of dollars to actually trying to solve this problem. And if you're still listening to this, you're pr- still probably trying to solve that problem. And what happens when those resources come up short? What happens when you don't have the money nor the insurance to actually help fix this problem? And so today is a very special guest and she is all about helping uh, people navigate the healthcare system when either uninsured or underinsured. So today I have Dr. Irkita DeRowan, uh, physician and uh, digital health extraordinaire. Dr. DeRowan, so good to see you. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm really excited to talk a a large part about just navigating the healthcare system. I know that even for me, I have my own health insurance and I'm fortunate enough to be able to pay for those services that aren't necessarily covered out of pocket. But I even know that for me, being able to have those resources is still pretty complicated to navigate and oftentimes doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to get the best care nor get my problems solved. So throughout this entire journey, interacting with folks who either have no insurance or are underinsured or spend so much money just trying to solve a problem they never wanted to acquire in the first place, it really got me thinking into how can we actually reduce the, the cost of healthcare, but then also allowing us to actually solve these problems without bleeding us dry. And I know that there's a, a large statistic in which uh, I think it's like the medical debt that is actually pushing people out of different income brackets, uh, which is unfortunate because again, it's a problem that no one ever wanted. So before we take a deep dive into that subject. Can we talk a little bit more about yourself and and what you do? Sure. My name is Urquita DeRowan. I am a physician who's board certified in family and lifestyle and diversity medicine. And I am a digital health consultant. And I have my own firm that focuses on intelligent risk navigation for innovative healthcare, where we basically kind of help healthcare organizations who are devoted to digital health, like their excellence and their quality, minimize risk and expenses by making sure that they're in alignment with all of the things that aren't so fun, like compliance and risk and all of those kinds of things. And and also maintaining that quality because quality is the cornerstone of healthcare because it's the point that kind of helps with health equity and making sure that people are meeting the standard of care, especially when there are so many new and innovative things coming out. I also serve as the chief medical officer of Emmy, which is a healthcare company that's working to help women take charge of their health and contraceptive management. But my favorite role, I think I would say, because all of the things that I'm doing are is kind of like powered by my passion for health equity. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but is um, given all of the disparities in healthcare, I'm just trying to help with solutions to kind of decrease and eliminate those disparities through everything I do. And I have an organization called the Pacemakers, 
where we're working to kind of help people, everyday people, kind of figure out all of this chaos that is going on with understanding healthcare. It shouldn't be this hard. Like I even sometimes have difficulties understanding like the insurance stuff and all of those kinds of things. So we need a way to help navigate that. So I have an app called Pacemakers app where it helps with education on different conditions or how to navigate the healthcare system, as well as educating people on the resources that are out there and building community where people can like ask questions amongst themselves. Beautiful. Yeah, we're going to definitely talk more about the pacemakers and the pacemakers app because that was one of the big things that drew me to you uh, throughout the search of just trying to figure out how can people actually pay for healthcare or even just trying to pay for say something as simple or complicated as sciatica pain treatment, right? Because what I've noticed and we shared before we started recording is that with every new innovation in healthcare, unfortunately, it seems like there's an increase in cost in regards. And, and with every new thing, it's like, okay, great. It's going to cater this specific income bracket where it's either you're going to get this benefit directly through your employer or the out-of-pocket price is somewhat cost prohibitive, making it so that you yourself are kind of just sitting there waiting for relief. So let's talk a little bit more about kind of just the overview of the, the current healthcare system in regards to just like what the key players and pairs are in regards to actually getting healthcare. Um, yeah, could you share with us a little bit more about that? So that's a very complicated question, but to keep it simple, we, we have lots of payers and players and all of the things in healthcare. And unfortunately, a lot of our healthcare is tied to employment, which it shouldn't be. I'm just going to go out and say that. But we have insurance companies, we have big corporations, we have uh, organizations that are direct to consumers. So there are some startups that don't take insurance. There are some providers that are also direct to consumers, like direct primary care offices and things like that, where they're helping to try to reinvent and bring back that kind of heart to healthcare where you're, you're meeting patients where they are and some of them get partnerships to help uh, supplement some of the things people can't do. And then there are other systems in place like federally qualified health centers where you may not necessarily have insurance, but that doesn't mean that you are not able to get care. You can go there and they have sliding fees and things where they can kind of help you according to what your income is based on. So th there are a lot of options out there and there are a lot of key players, but I think we like to think of it in terms of umbrella insured versus uninsured. And there's all these other things like indemnity programs and stuff. So insurance is complicated and it, it's crazy how complicated it is, especially in our country where we're the only like the only industrialized like civilized like nation where we don't have some form of universal health care coverage. So everyone has to kind of try to figure out and navigate it. Yeah, it's extremely complicated. And there was this book that I read um, and I finished it uh, the second half of last year. And they actually talked about, yeah, the U.S. Like what's really interesting is that the U.S. actually has kind of like four types of healthcare plans where we have like government funded, government funded physicians, and then also private and then privately owned. And what's interesting is that it ends up being a blend of the various different health systems that are actually located throughout all the world. And what's really interesting is that because the U.S. is so vast and so uh, diverse in a way, 
it's I've observed that it ends up being a little challenging to try to come up with a solution for everyone, but it is really interesting to see that. So, um, you know, we bring about this concept of insurance and oftentimes, well, actually not even oftentimes, we'll say over the past, let's just say over the past 10 years, um, we had the evolution of a focus on specifically healthcare coverage. So it's like healthcare insurance. But what I've realized over the past couple of years is that having healthcare coverage and having healthcare insurance doesn't necessarily guarantee you one that you receive care, or number two, doesn't necessarily guarantee that you won't be having to pay more on top of what you are paying. And oftentimes, it's because of we don't, might not necessarily have a full understanding of the benefits that we do have. But then also number two, I think that because there's been a, a widespread focus on insurance coverage, there's been a little bit of a bigger light shine on the folks who are uh, underinsured uh, and uninsured as well. So could you tell us a little bit more about what, like we have people who are insured and it's like, okay, I have insurance, but then the folks who are underinsured, like what would that necessarily mean? Yeah, that, that's a great question because everything is so complicated. So you have, when we think about insurance, we usually are like, I have it or I don't. So insured versus uninsured. So being uninsured means you don't have health insurance coverage. So all of the medical services that you have, you um, have to pay out of pocket. And these expenses are so costly, like extremely costly. And for the past few years or so, it's been about 30 million or 10% of America that like does not have insurance. And more recently, I think since 2022 or 2023, it's gotten a little better surprisingly during the pandemic. So only about 26 million Americans are uninsured, but that's too many. So if you're thinking about it and you have a bill like you can go to the emergency room and if you had insurance, you would pay a deductible and that can range from different prices depending on your insurance. So some person might pay $50, someone might pay $150, but the insurance is mostly going to cover the rest if it's if it's within the realm and billing is a whole nother thing. But um, when you go in and you don't have insurance, they have these set fees that they can charge for certain things. I remember, and this is an embarrassing story from when I was in residency, my friends are probably gonna hurt me for hearing this, saying this, but we went out for a New Year's party, New Year's Eve, and I cut my finger on the way to the party. And wow. <laughs> yeah, it was delightful. So we were all dressed, ready to go. We still went to the party, but my fingers started to like progressively hurt more and more. So we ended up having to leave and like go to the emergency room because it was still bleeding like 12 hours later. So when we got there, I hadn't planned to go to an emergency room. So I didn't have my insurance cards and all of those things. They gave me, it was too late because the, the hand heals very quickly to do any sutures or anything like that. So they literally gave me an antibiotic to see if it prevent like, you know, infections and things. Tylenol, Motrin, and I think like one other thing that was very minor. They didn't do any x-rays or anything. I didn't need that. When I got home, that bill was $900 for Motrin, ibuprofen, and a Tylenol. And I thought that was like preposterous. And because I was thankful I had health insurance, I just had to call them and be like, hey, this is a claim, blah, blah, blah. And it was covered. But imagine all of the people who don't have that type of coverage. So 
bills are astronomical for no reason at all. So moving on to the other component of from being uninsured where you have to pay for all the things to underinsured. So a lot of people think like, okay, if I have insurance, like I'm good. And underinsured basically is having enough, like having some coverage, but it doesn't cover much. Like it doesn't meet your healthcare needs. So this can be due to high deductibles. It can be due to like very low coverage for certain things, limited benefits, exclusions, all of the different things where you have to read the fine line and they're like, yeah, we'll cover everything. Except if you get this, you, you're not covered, that kind of stuff. So people can go into major debt while they even have insurance. Like there was one story of some, one of my friends who had a pap smear. It was abnormal. And so they had to go and get something called a colposcopy just to make sure like you don't have cancer. It was an outpatient procedure, very quick in the office by the GYN. And she had insurance, but it was terrible insurance. So when she got the bill back, it actually, they charged her, they sent it to two labs, which was strange. And one of the labs was like a lab core and they had charged $1,400 for that swab that came back normal. And she was able to call them and get it taken down to like $200 or something. She was like, oh, wasn't insured, blah, blah, blah. But she called the hospital and was like, I don't understand why I went to two labs and you're charging me $2,500 in addition from that 1400 and they said, well, it went to through your insurance and we only cover like $50 of it. So you have to pay it. And because it went through the insurance, we can't like give you any deductions or anything. So you us $2,500. So imagine how many people are going through that and, and depending on their certain situations, that could be life-changing. Like they may not be able to pay their rent or pay their car note or get food for themselves or their kids. So we have to get systems in place in order to to, to have more coverage. This episode is brought to you by the Patient Advocate Program. Are you tired of not having support between your rehab sessions? Introducing the Patient Advocate Program, we're focused on your recovery and we're offering you 24-7 access to a doctorate of physical therapy. Stop waiting in line to be seen and stop spending hours doing long exercise programs. Imagine being able to get all of your care delivered straight to your phone. Best of all, it's affordable. We believe everyone deserves top-notch relief without breaking the bank. So why wait? Take control of your health today and visit PT Patient Advocate advocate.com and book your free call with our experts. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I just know that um, what's interesting is that a lot of the people that I come in contact with, uh, and oftentimes it would meet me virtually, kind of like how we're meeting right now. And I would say, well, I live in a completely different part of the country. I think I can help you, but have you had the opportunity to actually work with someone who is in your town? Like, so mm -hmm. if you have insurance and Interestingly enough, a good amount of people, we'll say probably about 50% of the people I speak with will often say, well, my insurance actually doesn't either one, my insurance doesn't cover physical therapy where I have to pay a ton out of pocket first. Um, or number two, they, they kind of say I have crappy insurance or number three, they say I just don't have insurance at all. So I just can't, um, uh, you know, can't pay for that. And especially what, especially um, from a physical therapy standpoint, you're probably seeing a physical therapist two or three times a week. And if you're having to pay even just a $50 copay, which is what the typical copay is right now. It's like $150 a week that a good amount of people would rather not spend, but also number two, couldn't spend as well. So that's where I 100% agree with you is that we should have these systems in place, which would allow us to be able to provide uh, the care that people actually need. Um, but 
also to ensure that uh, they're not getting bankrupted, um, you know, th- through the process. And so thank you so much for sharing the, the understanding or the definitions of what it meant to be um, uninsured and underinsured. Because I think a lot of people, um, there, it's just a misnomer. And a lot of people think like, great, I have insurance. And then they go and like, uh oh, I don't. And I know for myself, whenever it's uh, was it enrollment, the enrollment period, or whenever we change jobs and have to change carriers. I'm, I'm taking a deep dive. And luckily, everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For me, I'm in healthcare, so I have a little bit of an understanding. But even still, I'm kind of just saying, all right, this seems like it works for us. And then we just go for it. And then before we know it, we end up getting uh, hit with these bills up and right. And I'm like, what is going on? And so... Let's talk about the, we, we talked a little bit more about the experience of the uninsured and underinsured in regards to cost, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you go to this and it's like, holy moly, uninsured. It's like, okay, I need to pay this amount or there possibly is a sliding scale. And then also um, for the underinsured where they thought that the insurance would actually cover it, but it turns out that they actually are on the hook for a lot more. So um, in addition to that, can you share with share with us a little more in regards to the experiences of what they would go through when trying to navigate the health system. And then we'll talk about some action steps to actually like help navigate it a little bit better later on. But what are some of the common experiences that these folks have when trying to, to solve a problem? The experience is so diverse, honestly, Lee, because I think I read a recent statistic that out of Americans, only about 46% are actually like adequately covered. So there is about 54% of us who, even if you have insurance or you're uninsured, they're all in that block. It's not enough. So it's more than half of Americans are having these types of issues and they can go in varying degrees. But I love to talk about the example of how like having no insurance can definitely affect like accessing your care or getting appropriate care. A lot of times people do take things into consideration, like what you mentioned, where they're like, I don't know, I have this high deductible. So people will wait to get their physical for the next year when things start or they want to get rush and get it in December before when they've already paid their deductibles. They're like, let me hurry up and do all of this. So it's really busy to see a doctor during that time because everyone is scrambling so that because they paid all of this money in terms of deductible some people don't take certain medications because they can't cover them and and they can't afford it and they're actually making their health worse so we live in this environment where we have this sick care where we're not trying to prevent things because if we were trying to prevent things we would be covering it and having people come in routinely and getting all of this medical attention so we actually if we had more coverage for people, we could probably save a lot of costs because things wouldn't be as advanced. There wouldn't be as severe things. There would be more cancers that were caught and stuff like that. I have an example of someone who was uninsured um, that I had talked about um, when I gave a TED Talk before. And it was one of my favorite patients where I've been seeing him for a few years. He was uninsured because he was undocumented and I was seeing him at a federally qualified health center. He was super lovely, lovely man. And 
he had hypertension, all of these kinds of things. He would go missing for a little while, come back. And then um, long story short is his labs started to decline in terms of like his kidney labs. So it got to the point when we needed to refer him to see a kidney doctor. And there were all of these different things that had to come together with us meeting with the social workers and trying to find financial assistance and things. Thankfully, this organization did have a partnership where they could refer people over to certain specialists. So they were able to refer him. So he had like a lower copay to see him. And over the few months where he saw him, it actually turned out that he needed dialysis. And when you need dialysis, that means that your kidneys have failed and they're not working properly. And if you don't get that over time, you, you will lose your life, which is terrible. So we have, I'm sure you guys have seen dialysis centers throughout your communities where you have like the DeVitas and things like that. So typically when people have renal failure, they go to the dialysis center a couple of times a week and they are able to function. And sometimes people will need to get a transplant and stuff like that. But for this individual, since he did not have insurance, they decided to send him to the emergency room every three days so that he could get the dialysis that he needed and then have financial assistance work from the hospital. So you'd rather hospitalize someone in tens of thousands of dollars instead of having partnerships or some kind of coverage for them where they could get the care in the appropriate arena. Yeah, that's, um, I'm sorry to hear that your your patient had to go through that, but I'll, but also in a way, I'm really glad that there was a way for him to receive it. But you're absolutely right. Like that people have to get sent to the ER for some of these, in a way for, for, for the insured folks, something like dialysis ends up being more of like a routine thing. And so um, you have those dialysis centers and yeah, I, as you were describing to me the experience, it's like, we're looking at patients either holding off on care or holding off on visits or having to choose between paying for their medications and the food that they need to put on the table. And then in some cases, or in, in, in a lot of cases, because of the fact that the way that hospital hospitals are structured, if you go to the ER and you can't pay for it, then in some cases, the hospital kind of quote, quote unquote, eats that cost, right? And so unfortunately, that's what a lot of people have to go to. And I see this a lot actually across the Reddit boards. I, I follow a couple of the pain management um, Reddit boards and some people are like, oh, I'm in so much pain, I'm going to go to the ER. And I actually just interviewed a, an ER physician and all, uh, a, a, sorry, an ER PA and also an ER physical therapist. And we we're actually talking about some of those big challenges is that someone coming into an ER um, for some of their quote unquote routine uh, paperwork. And so um, it is important to know that or, or to observe that this is something that happens pretty common enough for us to be able to say that things need to change because what ends up happening is that it's like the said, your patient goes to the ER, it ends up being like, you know, 10 to $15,000 for that uh, procedure in the hospital, which means that, okay, the hospital eats up that cost, but that hospital needs to make up that cost somewhere else. Right. So it, it ends up in a way kind of inflating their costs to be able to make up for that in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really something. And so I was glad you brought up was that you helped him navigate some of the some of the ways to be able to receive the care that he needed which brings me up to my next question in regards to we know that the healthcare system is really complicated so how can we simplify uh navigating this the, the healthcare system so then that way folks who are um, uninsured underinsured the people who really need healthcare, how can we simplify it to make it 
uh, a little bit more easy to follow because already when you're sick, all you want to do is get better. You never chose to get sick. And already when you're sick, you're really uncomfortable. So having to navigate that is already going to be another stressor that just makes things extremely challenging. That is a great question. And I think that it's a great need. And in having conversations, I think it's important, like conversations like you're bringing up here on the podcast are definitely necessary because a lot of times it's just kind of like the things you don't know, like nobody knows, like if you're in the hospital and you feel as though you're not getting the right care you need and those kinds of things that we have things to call, like people call patient advocates that you can reach out and talk to and they can advocate for you. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that if you don't have insurance, there are organizations that can help you. Things like nonprofits that specialize in certain diseases sometimes have funds to help you. Things like the federally qualified health centers or community health centers, they are government funded and they have things where they can have special prices for their pharmacy or special prices where they can see you and the the um, clinicians or the therapists, if you and things like that, where they're coming to work together and they have partnerships like what we talked about with seeing specialists like the um, renal doctor or going to have a partnership with their physical therapist for people who need to do that. Or if you need your mammogram, they had different things where they had the truck come out and stuff. So I would not be discouraged or wait if you need care you can look and see where you can find those organizations. So I have the app called Pacemakers app, P-A-C-E-M-A-K-E-R-Z-A-P-P.com, where I have resources on there where you can look for community health centers and other things disease-based. But there are also other organizations out there. There is the American Academy of Family Physicians, where they have a guide where you can go through and you can kind of type in like, I need food, I need this, I need to see a specialist, how can I do that? And when you go to these centers, they have social workers there who can help you. There are also other communities where people are where they come together and they talk about the diseases that they have and, and talk amongst themselves. That's what I'm aiming for with the pacemakers. So people can come together and they say, I have sciatica, like what helped you? Where did you get care and those things? And then also looking into your free resources, especially in this realm. So can you go to YouTube and try out some of these things? Can you go to some of the online platforms? And sometimes there are specials there because they're direct to consumer where you don't have to go through insurance. Or are there times where you can go and, and try different things like walking or swimming and stuff like that that can help with your um your back your legs all of the different things and help you but when you need to seek advice from providers who can help you maintain and navigate these types of things it's always good to start at some of these community environments because they have a lot of resources yeah i remember getting prepared for this episode and mm -hmm. i said you know what let me go ahead and just take a look at my local county. So I live out here in Marin County, California. And what was interesting is that there is the Marin County uh, HHS Health and Human Services. And what was really cool was the fact that they had a couple of those resources available. Um, sorry, um, they had a couple of those resources available uh, when it comes to say healthcare, childcare. And I found it to be really interesting because um, out here in California, the state funded uh, healthcare program is uh, Medi-Cal 
um, also some Cover California as well. And what was really interesting is I actually did a search and um, from a physical therapy standpoint, I said, what physical therapists in Marin County actually take uh, Medi-Cal, Medicaid? And interestingly enough, there were only two facilities that actually accepted that insurance. And, interest, and, and what's even more interesting is that those two locations are actually hospitals. They're community hospitals. So it was in, um, so looking into that, I've worked in a, uh, I, I did an internship at New York Presbyterian Hospital uh, during one of my, it was my last rotation. And we actually saw some state funded, um, some patients with state funded health insurance or Medicaid. And it was interesting because they did have a benefit. I think they had about between 12 to 20 visits, depending on the, the condition. But it was really interesting to see that. And um, luckily, out in New York City, you have a lot of different community hospitals. Unfortunately, out here in Marin County, you only have two community hospitals. And so yeah, Marin County is not a small county. There's a lot of people. And so it really just got to me thinking, um, you know, what are the other resources? And I'm so glad that we have the Pacemakers app that you created that. Um which provides a resource because yeah, navigating healthcare is extremely difficult and challenging, which gets even worse when you're hurt and sick. So I'm, I'm so thankful that you have put that out there. There's a lot of resources um, that could be, and I, I really appreciate you saying that the free resources that are out there too, because we live in an amazing day and age where there's so much information readily available to us. In fact, you can probably get the entire physical therapy education at your fingertips for free on Google, but you just need to know and search the right terms. And I know that you can find the various different research articles and everything like that to be able to figure out what is going to be the best. And so in right there, um, we have the pacemakers app and all the initiatives that you're pushing through. I'm so thankful that it's around. Um, for the listeners who are like uh, Dr. Darrow, and I want to uh, you know, reach out because I want to take a look at this app, but also if we're looking at partners, right, to be able to, to, to help this grow, what's the best way to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about what you're doing? I am. I wanted to say I'm so thankful that you're starting these conversations and I appreciate you inviting me to come on the show. I love education and empowering everyone to learn about healthcare and how they can advocate for themselves because it's not easy to navigate. There are sometimes I even have to, after being a physician for so long, have to look up or call one of my friends and be like, how do I do this? So you're not alone. And I get so many family members who will call and, and try to figure out how to do certain things. So I think that it's important um, that we we keep talking about these things and keep trying to support one another. If anyone has any questions, they can definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. I may not answer you the same day, but I'll get back to you. My It's just my name, Erkita Derowen, E-R-K-E-D-A, last name D-E-R-O-U-E-N. And for anyone who wants some of the educational videos that I've been doing, where we're kind of explaining about different health conditions and how the system works, and you want it outside of the Pacemakers app, you just want to do it while you're scrolling your daily thing. I, I have an Instagram, Dr. D Graham, D-O-C-T-O-R, the letter D, G-R-A-M. And I'm happy um, to take questions if you guys want to send them over. Just so you know, we don't have a doctor-patient relationship legally. So I, I may tell you to go speak with your doctor about something. But if you want me to make a video just in general about a specific topic, feel free to reach out. 
Awesome. Listeners, if you didn't get a chance to write that information down, I'm actually going to be putting all that contact information into the show notes. Dr. DeRowan, this was awesome. And I really look forward to what the future holds because I know that there's a lot of innovations, a lot of really big forward thinkers like yourself who are looking to push and improve the system to make it so that everyone can actually access the healthcare that they need and deserve without having to worry about all the other stuff. So I thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a guest on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.